It is the first show officially of the season where we're actually talking about Chicago Cubs baseball. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a brand new edition of Cubs on Tap. I am Ron Luce, joined by the Juice Man himself and Mr. Tyler Edmonds. Gentlemen, before we dive in to an opening weekend recap, how are you guys doing here on this Sunday fun day? Baseball's back, boys. I'm going to take a side of my mouth. Baseball is back. And, uh, yeah, I'm in a great mood. I know, like, yeah, weekend may have – could have ended a little bit better than we thought. But, man, I'm doing good. I got to see you guys. You guys saw all our stuff on Twitter, man. It was, it was nice to see you guys again and uh, watch meaningful baseball. So, yeah, I'm good, man. Absolutely. Juice, how you doing, buddy? Sour Sunday. <laughs> sour Sunday. Hey, that's fair. You know what? Because I think there is a lot of a lot of sour that's going to be shared uh, across all three of us before the show is over today. But guys, um, as Tyler mentioned, we had a great time on opening day. All of us able to get together. Only Nick uh, was unable to show out of the five of us. But the three of us here plus Joey, uh, hashtag where's Joey, was in full effect at multiple times on Thursday, as always, but we had an absolute blast. Got to take in, obviously, a great Cubs victory. Shutout win, 4 nothing on Thursday over the Brewers. Uh, we all got together, had some beers, got to take in a lot of time over at Murphy's, uh, got some food at Jack Brickhouse afterwards, um, and it was just a good time, man. We, we had a lot of fun, and, and thankfully they got a win. It, it kind of set the tone for a fun opening day. Um, but then, gentlemen, I mean, the rest of the weekend, kind of a different story now. Two in a row lost here to the Brewers. Uh, I was freezing my ass off in the bleachers on Saturday in that loss 3-1 to the Brew Crew. Uh, let's be honest, I think we all can confidently sit here and say that probably should have been a victory. And then today was just a, a snoozer of a game, unfortunately. Um, mentioned from the Cubs on Tap account. Felt like a bit of a waste of a Pat Hughes Sunday um, with the Cubs on Marquee Sports Network. But, gents, let's, let, let's dive into it a little bit here because a um, couple overwhelming themes. I think that's what more of this show is going to be rather than breaking down each game separately. Um one overwhelming thing I think we can feel really confident about here is Dansby Swanson has come out of the gate firing three for four in the first two games, only one for four today, but still drives in one of the three or pardon me, one of the five Cubs runs um, in the loss today. Guys, I mean, for what what we thought, you know, he was the big ticket addition. And so far, he's come through in the clutch for the Cubbies in this opening series against the Brew Crew. Yeah, he's been really, really solid. I think uh, defensively, makes a lot of great plays as well. Um, a couple of highlight reels already for the uh, the Gold Glove. Uh, hopefully, highlight reel he's having this year. But so far, you can't have buyers remorse on that, right? I mean, we've we've really watched him be really consistent and go the other way and be a professional hitter, which I think for the sake of the Cubs is uh, it's a save because this series kind of showed they have a lack of professional hitters sometimes in that lineup. And without him, <laughs> we're probably really doing the show and looking really bleak uh, in terms of what happened for this series. But yeah, he's, he looks like the price of admission and uh, it's made even Nico Horner look, look great at second as well too. I, I think uh, the Cubs are pretty blessed up the middle. Um, it's just about, you know, figuring out some of those other positions that kind of ended up screwing some of this series. 
100%. And uh, Scott with a fun comment here saying people said the Cubs settled with Swanson. Obviously, our friend Joey Ricotta uh, wrote a great article uh, a few weeks ago about him not being a consolation prize for the Cubbies. Uh, but Tyler, what have you seen that you've liked so far out of so here's, Lieutenant Dan? Here's, here's the thing about Dansby, Dan's baby. Uh, I was one of the, I said to begin with, as far as like him starting off slow. He has, in the past few seasons, been prone to a slow start. And we talked about, uh, you know, this year playing his home games at Wrigley. Don't be surprised to see a slow start out of Dansby. So, with that being said, if, if this is a slow start for Dansby, <laughs> I tweeted earlier, he's on pace right now for nearly 500 hits this year. So, uh I mean, this, whatever's past the sky, like people say the sky's the limit, like space or like another galaxy is like the limit for him. But like, how cool was it today? Uh, I didn't, I catch the first few innings, but like, how cool was it? And I can get used to this. Dan, or, uh, Nico Horner, leadoff single, stolen base, Dansby hits him in. Mm-hmm. Love it. I'm going to get used to that all season long. And then the game we were at, like Dansby stepped up, like back-to-back three-hit games, uh, multiple, multiple outstanding plays at short on day one. I had some heads-up plays yesterday, had some heads-up plays today. Uh, So, yeah, so far, kind of like to – go off what our, our boy Scott said. Uh, people said we settled with Dansby. If we settled with Dansby, good God. Like like I said, he's on pace to just blow everybody out of the water at short this year. But uh, I like what I see so far. Yeah, 100%. And you guys mentioned it, right? It's It hasn't been just one thing or another that Swanson did in these first three games. It's been a bit of everything. Uh, obviously, you know, day one, you know, he's making the unbelievable, you know, turn twos, making them look so easy, the picks, everything like that. Saturday had the crazy throw practically from his ass uh, to get the runner at first. And then today even, right, just a high IQ IQ play from him, an aggressive take by Mitchell trying to score there from third base, and Swanson gets the throw into Gomes, and they save a run, which obviously in the end it didn't matter, but who knows the way that game was playing out at the time. It could have mattered. So still just heads up plays all around from Dansby Swanson. So, so far, so good. I think on that front with Dansby, we also have touched already on Nico Um, again, maybe not the greatest hitting weekend for Nico, but still a lot of impactful plays. I think for Nico over the course of the weekend, I don't think any of us are concerned about Nico Horner going through. Um, But then the third guy in the order who probably didn't get as much love over the weekend as he probably should have. And that was one Ian Happ. Had a pretty good weekend overall. Opening day goes one for two, gets on base um, two additional times via the walk. Obviously has the big bomb. First home run of the season officially uh, for the Cubs in that loss to the Brewers. Then on Saturday had two hits in that one as well. Uh, And then even today, sure, he he goes 0 for 2, but another two walks again today and a run scored. So Ian Happ is just getting it done. The plate discipline arguably looks better than ever. I mean, he's walked four times already <laughs> in just these first three games he's getting hits and he's he's shown off the power already uh really starting to feel like he is coming around and kind of if he keeps this pace up he's gonna make a really tough decision for this Cubs front office at the end of the year do you pay the man or do you let him walk thinking that 
your outfield depth in the prospect pool is ready to replace him because so far, again, it's really been a tale of two sides of the lineup, and we're going to get to that here in a second. But one through three has been where all the offenses come from, and it's been rounded out by Ian Happ. How do you guys feel about Ian's start to the season so far? So far, so good. Like this is this is exactly what this is exactly what he need, needs to be doing. Like as far as for a contract year, uh, it's kind of like we talked about earlier. It'd be nice to to extend Ian. Ian but like I feel like for Ian, he needs to basically take what he did last season and just go even further with that. And so far, he's he's done that so far. Like you know, let's 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 say this series so far had he gone had he had an over series with multiple strikeouts, we'd all be sitting. You know, there'd be a lot of Cubs fans sitting here saying, "Well, it's probably a good thing we didn't extend him, even though it's just the first three games of the se- of the season." But uh, yeah, this is exactly exactly what he he needs to be doing. So uh, once again, just like with one, you love to see it. Hundred percent juice, consistency, right? You know, it's nice to have a guy in that lineup who every day is going to bring that consistency. And I think that like that's what lacks here. And Ian just keeps you know taking the pail, hard hat, lunch pail type of guy, and going to work and. He always puts in a good at bat. I'll say that. Like that's that's one of the things that, like, as we sat out there in the outfield, I was like, maybe he didn't have the best day at the plate that day. Did take some walks and had a hit, but he always puts in a good at bat. And that's the, I think that's what most of these Cubs hitters need to start doing better. Take more pitches. See more. Take Ian's lead, and let's let's go further. This weekend was just so frustrating. I think. So, like, I'm glad we're opening up with at least, like, two guys that are very much, you know, surpassing the judgment of what, you know, what what the team aspect was for this weekend. But, yeah, I, I think this is, like Tyler said, you just need to keep doing what you're doing because he is very much, you know, the the consistency in this lineup, the, the trend setter for, you know, the middle of this order. And maybe, like – on a on a really good top of the you know division and, and and conference you know team he's not like the three or four hitter like they're asking a lot for me and Hap too we need to wrap our heads around that as well like he's oh, a yeah. great Definitely. player he's a great player but you, like, you, he mean, is, you talked about it mean you talked about it Thursday in the stands yeah I mean he's a great player but they ask so much from him and he does it with not a lot of help behind him in the lineup too. So he's seeing a lot of pitches that are pitchers pitches and still finding ways to, you know, get hits, get on base, work good at bats. Um, It's a professional hitter. And like I said with Dansby, and now I'm going to say with Ian, the Cubs need more of those. 100%. And I am in agreement with you guys. I have enjoyed Ian Happ's start to the season so far because you're getting a little bit of everything, right? He, he's going for the hits. The power is clearly there. The eye is what has, I think, blown me away the most because a 583 on base percentage to start the season, I don't care if it's three games. That's insane. And obviously the slugging has been there via the long ball as well. So that has been cool and tough. But guys, we, 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 we talked a little pre-show. Uh, about frustrations. And I think this is a good place where we can start to spin towards some of those frustrations here because 
we're looking at the rest of this lineup, and it's struggling. Belly hasn't gotten it going. Got his first RBI today via a fielder's choice, but outside of that, really hasn't been around. He gotten a little bit out of Mancini. He had the RBI on opening day, but that's about it. Hosmer has been useless. You haven't gotten much from Madrigal so far. You haven't gotten much from others such as Mastroboni, uh, you know, and, and names like that. Really, in the bottom of this lineup so far, the most offense you've gotten has been Patrick Wisdom today with the two home runs in the loss to the Brewers here on Sunday. Outside of that, you had a completely over day for four through nine, including pinch hitters on Saturday. And it was pretty similar on Thursday, unfortunately. Really, if you look at it, only Mancini in those four through nine spots got a hit. And then today, even outside, even if you take Wisdom out, Gomes, Torrens, and Madrigal only had one hit apiece. They are lacking in the offense in the four through nine spots. And you can point and say, wow, you know, they're really, really, really missing a guy like Seiya Suzuki right now, not only I think in right field, and I think we've seen a little bit of that so far this weekend because he is a good defender, even though I know analytics weren't very friendly to him last season. And you miss his bat. This this lineup looks vastly different with a guy like Seiya Suzuki in the four hole or in the three hole or wherever you decide to put him. And I, I had a whole debate with friend of the program, Kyle K about that topic of, do you put him in the three spot or do you put him in the four spot? I said the four spot and you leave Ian in the three spot, but that, Probably is a whole other conversation for another episode. Nonetheless, getting him back in the lineup makes a world of difference. But you cannot win ball games, and they've shown it over the last two days. You cannot win ball games with your four through nine hitters failing to do anything meaningful offensively. One through three cannot carry your lineup and expect to win games. Yeah, you can get a lot of cool highlights out of it. We've seen it with Dansby so far. We've seen it with Ian so far. We've seen it even with Nico to a fault so far. But you cannot expect that to be a consistent trend over the course of the season if this team's going to win ball games. How are you guys feeling right now about four through nine? And and again, I know Juice said it at the top of the show. Sour juice. I mean, let's air it out. It's time to air those grievances so far, especially with this four through nine in the lineup. Yeah, I'm. Uh, take. I want everybody who's listening to take this with a grain of salt because it is just one series. It, it's one series at home when it was cold. And less ideal hitting conditions, but they're about to go on a West Coast trip. And if this continues against the stack of teams that are out there, the Cubs are going to find themselves behind the eight ball really quick. Because let's face it, guys, like they faced the Milwaukee team who is very much in the same position as the Cubs. It's a lot of unknown in that lineup. It's a lot of, I don't know what we're going to get. And they lost that series. They lost the series. And the guys that are going to play on this West Coast trip have stacked lineups. And run, run prevention is great and all. I love the defensive aspect of the game. But what upsets me is that they didn't pair the run prevention with the, the base stealing. They didn't run enough this weekend. They, were, they got their first stolen base today. Like that's that's not what this team is. And when hitting conditions are less than ideal, and it's clear that anything after four in this lineup is like, well, I don't know what we're getting. I mean, look at today. They ran Terenz out there. They ran um, uh, Madrigal out there. Belly looks lost in the in this first three games. 
I mean, Mancini had what one hit over the week or over the weekend, if not two, but like there there's just a, and then you're giving up. And this is the other thing that like, I love what they get defensively out of the catcher spot, but it's going to be pretty clear that all year they're going to get next to no offense out of that spot. Mm-hmm. So eight and nine are no matter what lineup you put together. And I sat on my phone during the game when the game was broke open and I put together lineups like, Oh, what have you put this guy here? There is no way not to have eight and nine be just like throwaway at bats because realistically with the way the lineup is, is right now, somebody from right field, if it's not like a master Boney or, um, or at third with Madrigal and you're kicking like, this is, this is the problem that they have is there's two spots in this lineup and sometimes three when you're playing Hosmer at first and he refused to play Rios the same day that all of us looked at each other like, uh, why isn't Rios in the lineup? There was a lot that like was lost, in my opinion, on this weekend before the Cubs even took the field. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> And I, I, I think we should be blessed that we won on Thursday. Like, let's be, <laughs> let's be honest here. Like, Stroh worked out of some trouble. They got some timely hitting. But the Cubs didn't blow the doors off of the Brewers that day. It was one inning of the Brewers, some somewhat throwing the ball around, mistakes, yeah, and a few you know mental errors within the, the the guy you know going to second base with the ball, and then I think that was uh, I think Ian Happ was safe at second or something along those lines. Like that, there were they gave them like five outs in that inning, and the Cubs were still only able to put around. But we'll take four with this team twice every day and twice on Sunday if we can get it. But there's just I, there's a growing frustration if this doesn't change. And mind you, it's three games. If there are guys like Christopher Morrell and Matt Mervis down in AAA doing what they're doing and they're hitting, it becomes a problem because you look at this team and you go, what is, what's this year for? Is this, is this to be bad again and to trade some of the one-year contracts that they got? Or are we trying to win? Like what, what precedent are we stand are we setting for the season here? And that's what was so frustrating about this weekend. I we're gonna go back and forth on the bullpen, I'm sure, in this episode, but that I think that eventually gets filled out. That gets figured out. The starters, for the most part, were pretty good this this week. Defensively, they were elite. But there's two things that they didn't do. They didn't have the timely hitting, and they put the lineups out there that kind of showed they weren't gonna have timely hitting for most of the weekend, and they didn't run. Run. I'm that's the one thing that upset me most about this this weekend. Run. You you had two guys on that mound, two righties that are slow to the plate. And a and a Victor Caratini who he's okay. I mean he's not a great he doesn't have a great arm as a kid, but go. Go. And then these are the things that like it just it irks me because it's the little things that like managerial wise that not make me question David Ross. I know that he's great at setting a a culture and 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 a winning attitude and things like he's he knows what winning looks like. But like there's little nuanced things when it's cold at Wrigley that he should know. You need to run more. You need to take more pitches. And I don't know if it's just falling on deaf ears for some of these guys that are within these like five on down, but it's got to change or the Cubs are going to find themselves 
really behind the eight ball because this West Coast trip is no joke. It is it is not that they could easily lose after this this Cincinnati series. Texas is probably going to be a good team. The the Mariners were in the playoffs. Then you go to the Dodgers, Oakland, meh. But then you play the Dodgers in San Diego again before you meet the Marlins, who Marlins have good pitching and they're in, in very much the same spot that you are. This month is brutal, so you got you have no time to figure it out with the lineup. You got to start plugging and playing or running more. Yeah, and and quickly, Tyler, before we hear your frustrations as well, to the comments here a little bit, uh, we see Scott from Iowa saying, uh, starting early, boys, end the Hosmer, Magical Mancini experiment, call it Morel, Nelly B, Slaughter. Um, Jeremiah saying it's already time to cut Hosmer and bring up Mervis. Talk about Mervis being on a plane to Cincinnati or even Morel should be on a plane to Cincinnati. I mean, the the frustrations are high, is I think what I'm trying to say here, is what we're seeing in our comments section as well. Juice, I think the one thing, because I'm with you, I want to see them run too, because I like when they run. They did a lot of it last year. It's hard to run when, collectively, minus the Swanson walk today, which was his first, and then four Ian Happ walks over the course of the weekend, three walks combined. The rest – No, I, I get that. No, I'm just saying. And, and I think but that's Ian another be, issue too. Ian Happ should be running though. Agreed. I think Ian should <laughs> I mean, be that's – yeah. And, but maybe is there part of it that Ross doesn't trust a guy like Bellinger being up behind him where they can maybe do a hit and run? I, I, I don't know what's going through the head, but I, I agree with you, man. If, if this team can figure it out and start getting on baseboard, they agree. They do need to run, especially at Wrigley in April. That's 100% a thing they need to do. Tyler, uh, air your grievances here. How do you feel about 4-9? Uh, I'm still trying to stay optimistic. I'm, I'm, it's too early for me to to sit here and say, like, I'm frustrated. But with that being said, the the conversation that, that Juice, me and you, and, and – Joey, Joey talked about it a little bit too. The two guys that will be the X, the X factors in this lineup will be Bellinger and Trey Mancini. Mm -hmm. As you know, people can say uh, as crazy as that sounds, whatever, because I mean, Ron, you started this whole thing off. The first player that you even said, Cody Bellinger. If the Cubs aren't scoring runs, if we're not hitting the ball, everything like that, the first guy I feel like we're all going to look at is Cody Bellinger, the $15 million man. And this series, Juice, like you said, yeah, he looked he looked lost. Um, I'm still I'm I'm really still trying to stay optimistic about him. I think to be honest, I think Trey Mancini. If I just want to hope that this series was maybe just hey, first series, it's Wrigley, it's cold. I feel like he could really put up a consistent season. Uh, but if, if we're gonna like we said in our prediction episode, if this team is going to make the playoff, both both Bellinger and Mancini have to be going. And the thing is, like, if they're going, I feel like at least the guys ahead of them are going. Uh, Wisdom showed a little promise today. It's like same thing we talked about Thursday when we were sitting there. We were sitting out there looking at the scoreboard, looking at the lineup, and we're like, man, Patrick Wisdom is batting eight. Like, if that guy could just, like, if he could figure out, just get back to what he was the first half of last season, the guy that hit, you know, nearly 20 home runs in the first half in your eighth spot, 
that that would be huge. Uh, Nick Magical, I feel like a guy like him, uh, he just he needs more consistent playing time. I feel like a guy like him, uh, and that's going to be the thing is though that's going to be hard for him because he's not going to play second. If if we're going to see him a lot, he's going to be at third. And uh, to be honest, I didn't watch him much in the game that he did play third. Like, did he have any tough as far as any situations where like he looked kind of uh, I don't know about him at third. Like, was it was it one of those type of games for him? He just clearly puts his whole body into every throw because yeah. he kind of has and to. Which... That's sort of what that's that's sort of what I got watching him in spring training, and uh, it just I don't know. I see that, and I don't want to put this on anybody. I see that, and I see shoot. Is there an IL stint coming down the road? Or and I don't want that, but but any but back to what you know, Juice me and you talked about. One of the first things you asked me, I want to say, like it may have been, we were sitting there talking about uh, how many times has Bellinger struck out in Game One, and we were going back and forth with that. And you looked at me and was like, "I hope Belly wasn't a mistake. I hope I hope I'm not. I hope I'm not sitting here all season long saying that about Cody Bellinger." And you're right. Like I hope I'm not either. Uh, Hosmer, hell, once again, Juice, you predicted it. Uh, we that bases loaded situation on Thursday. You were like, watch this, ground ball to second. Before like you even finished saying it, pop, ground ball to second. I'm sorry, but like those go gloves are nice. But man, if Mervis, if guys like Mervis is hitting the ball in the minors, I give him a month, maybe a month and a half. And if he's still doing what he's doing right now, like I get, like, I, I, I get it. It's early. I don't want to sit here and, and sound all salty. I mean, I get it. it. It's just the first series of the season. But if that guy is consistently just doing the same old thing, the ground ball to second base, ground ball to second base, oh, base is loaded. What are we doing? Ground ball to second base. If that's what it's going to be, and you've got Mervis in the minors hitting the ball. You've got a guy like Christopher Morrell. I know he doesn't play first, but you can pencil him in there somewhere. If those guys are doing that early this year, then yeah, yeah, there's going to be a lot of frustration with with everybody. Uh, but yeah, I'm just I'm trying to stay optimistic, but at the same time, I'm glad we're playing Cincinnati this coming up week. Uh, I'm hoping that's a slaughter. I mean, I don't even know who plays on my team anymore. Uh, but then once again, uh, Juice, you said it, man. That that schedule coming up, it's brutal. And so, just consistent, consistent, long at bats. And I feel like, you know, even bringing a guy like Saya that can do what he did at the beginning of the year with his consistently long at bats. If he can, if guys can can figure that out, man, I think we'll be all right. But big if. Yeah, Juice, go ahead. No, I just <laughs> you you named and I I tweeted out earlier today that I have a, a tweet or a, a take that Scott from Iowa is going to love, but somebody else somewhere is going to hate. And my take for that is, Patrick Wisdom has gotten off my shit list. He I will not be giving Patrick Wisdom any Patrick Wisdom slander, and it's not because I love Patrick Wisdom. The Cubs have two names that frustrate me way more than Patrick Wisdom probably ever will. And it's Hosmer and Cody Bellinger right now. Cody Cody can get out of the doghouse eventually. To me, I don't think I'll ever be sold on Eric Hosmer. What 
and YouTube, maybe you can help me. What do the Cubs owe Eric Hosmer? What do they owe him? Like seven hundred thousand dollars. Like no, maybe I, a, one I game. Know, I know what you're saying. One I'm game. Just, yeah, one game worth right. of beer sales. Yeah, if we're talking I, physical dollars, but I just like what is his ceiling for hitting is like two thirty, right? Like that's that's, that's what we're cool. talking about. To me, Matt Mervis's floor is a two thirty hitter. Oh yeah. What are we talking about here? Oh, yeah. And Joey Which mentioned it the other day. How important is defense at first base when you have guys riddled around that infield like Nico Horner and Dansby Swanson? And I'm going to even give Patrick Wisdom so he's made some great plays over at third over the course of, you know, the last couple of years he's been here. I'm not going to say he's elite defensively, but up the middle you should be fine. And you have catchers who are able to throw to bases. So how how important is Eric Hosmer defensively to this team? There are a couple of plays. I'll, I'll say this: there are a couple of plays on Thursday yeah. that were very important. Yeah. But it was when the game was. It's it's as easy as adding a defensive replacement guy, mm-hmm. and and having that sub at the end of the game to to sub out for defense. It, I just I sit here like, and I look at that lineup, and every time he's in the lineup, I go, well, there's zero for four right there, or at best one for four. You know, and and this is this is the problem that I shouldn't be out in left field with you, Tyler, and going here. Here comes the ground ball to second base. I shouldn't. <laughs> I mean, it was so perfect. I shouldn't. And and like, but I knew that was going to happen because the minute he came up, you knew he was going to be jumpy at the plate, trying to get something done. And the pitcher threw a pitcher's pitch, and the first thing he does is roll it over. I'm sitting there, take a pitch. A lot of this this whole lineup structure could be solved. If these two guys we're talking about or three guys just took a pitch for a second. I mean, how many times has belly come up there and we're like, he's swinging at a slider. That's, you know, in the other batter's box, you know, over the weekend or up and in and he can't get the bat to it. Like there's just some things that like are just super frustrating as of right now, because it comes with more patience. And I just don't have patience for guys like Eric Hosmer anymore. I just don't. Like this, don't don't tell me that we're we're going to be competing this year, and you think we can win, and then give that guy at bats all weekend. It's just not this. At re, at least play Rios. Like at this point, like play Rios at third if you want to play Wisdom at first. Like that to me, that's the lineup for right now. Until you know, maybe maybe Mervis needs a couple more bats down in AAA. But if he keeps doing what he's doing, he's knocking at the door real quick. I'm gonna I'm gonna say that right now. Yeah, and oh. Scott saying Hosmer is is the VR, and we've been brought up on on past shows as well. But I'm right there with you guys. I think you know I, I see a lot of everybody's frustrations, especially in our comments today, and just on Twitter in general about oh why isn't Morell on this team? And there's a very good reason why Morell's on this team. He's not going to play every day on this team, and that's why he needs to be down in Triple A, getting every day at bats. So that's beneficial for his development. If they didn't think he was a part of the future of this team, he would be up in Chicago, just sitting the bench plateauing at what he is as a skill set player and, and calling it a day. The Cubs clearly see more for a guy like Christopher Morell. That's why he's in AAA. That's why he's playing every day. He's leading off in AAA. He's played three separate positions in three separate games. And, like, I feel bad for Alex Cohen. Alex Cohen is out there swatting away Twitter haters all weekend yeah. just because you get these – and I get it, folks. We're all fans here. But, like, take a step back and don't be a meatball. 
there's a clear reason why he's in triple a he's getting the everyday at bats and he's, he's playing every position that he can that's just going to benefit him when he eventually comes up full-time again to the cubs because he played right field to open the season and smoked a triple off the center field wall then he comes back in the second game and i believe he played third base and then in today's game uh sunday where they miraculous 12 11 win after caleb killing got smashed around in the first two innings he he had a home run like He's getting what he needs. Mervis is in the same boat, but the 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 noise will be louder for a guy like Mervis because there is less of a block for him to get to the majors. Right. And rightfully so. I mean, he's had a great start to the season. Night one, shit. We we're uh, Friday night. I was we were chilling at the Airbnb. You know, I, I had pulled up MILB on my computer. We're watching, scrolling the highlights because the Cubs obviously didn't play. First game, doubling a bomb. For Mervis, right? Like he he's picked right back up where he left off. And for those that forget where he left off last year, a 309, 379, 605 slash line. Currently he's at 300, 467, 700 slash line. Obviously just three games. But again, already seven total bases, three hits, three ribbies, three walks. Like he's getting it done all around. And yeah, just like 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 Bernie says here in the comments, Morel's getting seasoned 100%. That's why he's down. But I'm right there with you guys. If Hosmer keeps doing this and we're in that A's series or even that second Dodgers series where they come back to Wrigley and Hosmer's still giving you 0 for 4 every night and is playing more than maybe every other two days at first base, I'm going to be banging the Mervis drum just as loud as everybody else is, and I'm going to feel like a meatball. But it's going to be a a necessity, really, because I I think he's the one guy that's probably the closest to truly ready with the least block in front of him to make a difference on this roster. But guys, speaking of difference makers, let's talk a little bit about the pitching, right? Because it feels like a tale of two things. The bullpen was a little frustrating. Alzale, probably the best performer of the whole weekend. Obviously the pitching on Thursday was great. Keegan, a shutdown inning. Boxberger, a shutdown inning. And then Fulmer with a strong inning to close it out. Fulmer came in in a dirty inning on Saturday, you know, ended up getting beat around. I don't think Assad should have pitched a second inning. And that was my hot take is it's way too early in the season for, and it was way too freaking cold. I think, especially on Saturday where a guy should not go to, if he's not, if he's coming out of the pen, I think one would have been fine. You had the off day the day before anyway, that burned them. And then today, Merriweather got banged around. Obviously, you know, Tyone got hit around a little bit today, but I mean, I think we can all say we're happy with the starting pitcher. Stroh, six shutout innings, Eight Ks had the three walks. Steele arguably won up some on Saturday of six, six innings, three hit, one walk, eight K ball. And then, you know, and really, you know, Tyone had a rough day. You know, he looked like he was overthrowing some pitches a little bit, especially that cutter. But I mean, I, I'm, I'm telling you guys, I'm pleased with the starting pitching so far. But I, I think we're playing the game again and it's getting frustrating because. I understand this is how the Cubs are operating right now, where they can move bullpen arms at the deadline, all these one-year contracts. But it's it's kind of frustrating, guys. This that you know Ross has to play this game every year. Of, I got to figure out where all these bullpen guys fit because it feels like he has a seemingly new bullpen. And really, if you look at just the last two seasons now, including this one, so really season and three games, this is the third time he's going to have to go through this just mind-numbing experiment of who fits where. He did it at the beginning of last season. They figured it out. They dealt away most of those guys, figured it out in the second half, and then they come back around, and now you have to do the same thing this season. 
tale of two things. Nonetheless, how do you guys feel so far about the pitching starting and the bullpen? The starters were great. Uh, Stroman showed out, showed up like we all expected him to Thursday. Uh, Steele, I'm going to be honest, that first inning, I was like, man, this could be a rough one. And then he just he turned around and threw five more solid innings. I was like that first walk he gave up at the very beginning of the game. I was just like, man, this could uh, – he, he looked like he, he may have been just a little off and then just came out that second inning and showed out. Uh, and Tyon – yeah, he got roughed around a little bit today, but like you, I think the pitching's going. At least the starters are going to. It's they're going to figure themselves out. As far as you know, I'm not. I'm not worried about them. The bullpen. Here's the thing about the bullpen, and it it kind of goes with the offense that we just talked about earlier. Let's just say the bullpen does figure it out, uh, and let's say the offense doesn't as far as, you know, the back half of this lineup. And we're in the same spot that we are last year. Don't be surprised to see, see the same thing that happened at the, at the, at the trade deadline happen this deadline. Because, like, why not? Uh, but uh, as far as the – I mean, Alzale looked great today. Alzale was solid. Uh, that could be a guy that we've said before uh, – could end up closing games. We all looked at each other on on Thursday when Fulmer came in, and we we're like, "Because you asked me, like, who close? Uh, who's closing this game out?" And we were sitting there going back and forth and back and forth. And then Fulmer shows up, and we're kind of like, "Uh, I mean, he he wasn't bad, but it's like I don't, I don't miss. I, I see Fulmer more of a guy throwing, you know, two innings, three innings, kind of like what Assad did or what uh, Assad did yesterday, something like that. Uh, and Merriweather, yeah." He had he he's got good stuff, but uh, man, he's gonna have to figure it out because five hits. What five? How many walks do he have? Two. Five hits, two walks. It's early, but uh, I'm not as concerned with the bullpen as I am with the offense. Completely fair, juice. Yeah, I think. <laughs> I think Merriweather by the end of this may get like the the Carl Edwards treatment in some some retrospects. The has great stuff, but is just frustrating in some ways, right? Like that that was that was Carl for the whole time he was here. It's like man, like if if this guy could just figure out like the mental part of it, I think Merriweather is is somewhat that way. When I watch him, I get that that kind of thought back, which I don't love, but. No, I I think starter wise, if you wanted to go down Stro was, I mean he didn't. The great thing about Stro on on Thursday was he clearly had good stuff, not great, and battled, and I think that kind of mirrored itself with Steele in that first inning. And then once Steele got settled in, it was, but that that Justin Steele first inning, that's like that's a shit right there. Like to go out there and they're trying to get to you early and you just don't got it early, but then you settle in. And like I said, like that's the, that was the John Lester. It was like that first inning, if you got through it and settled in, you would look up. And by the time, you know, the, it, it rolled around the seven, then you look up and he's a quality start is on the board. And you're like, man, he looked like he was on the ropes in the first inning. Like these are the things that like I'd love to see. And that's growth. That's absolutely growth out of Justin. And that's 
kudos to him though, man. Like that's that it takes a strong it, it takes a strong athlete to be like, I hadn't got it, but I'm gonna battle. And he got the break, you know, with the double play. And then from then on, it was, you know, smooth sailing. The bullpen, I'm I'm gonna join you with that, Tyler. I'm not as worried because I think that there's a lot of unassigned roles so far. There's a lot of figuring out that has left to do. I don't think the arms are lacking out there. Like, I think every guy who came out this weekend, we could say has plus plus stuff. You know, I, I don't think there were a lot of guys that you look on, you're like, why does he have a roster spot who are out there in the bullpen? It's just a matter of figuring out like when you can use this guy, when you can use that guy. And they're, and they're hurt in that spot. Right now. I mean, they really miss having everyday Hughes out there. They really do. Well, I mean, let's be honest here. Like, to not have a lefty, that hurts. And, yeah, I mean, Cody Orr, too, like, that would be nice. Be a nice high leverage arm to have, especially in so many times that work today. Like, a guy comes in, works in the treble. Cody Orr is, like, the perfect, like, mop it up, you know, get out of the inning unscathed type guy. He's got that type of stuff. The Cubs have a lot of that. Absolutely was <laughs> – Throwing 97 today. How awesome was that? Like, that's <laughs> that's elite stuff, man. Like, he's – I think, like, we're talking about a guy who really turned the corner. Like, that's – it's it's. I know and, – and Joey, too, had talked about this at length, about how, you know, his his stuff and his swing and miss stuff with the slider. and and But if he's able to throw that slider and get soft contact as often as he does and then pair it with 97 <laughs> – that's that's a that's a weapon, and that's a multiple inning weapon that they have. It's just going to take some time for Ross to figure out like who can pitch here and who can pitch there all over again because there are some you know missing and and gained you know arms in that pen that they're trying to work in. They're trying to find different roles for, and I think like by the time we get maybe even through you know the middle of this month, maybe like a couple series down all of us are going to have a good idea of like who can pitch here, who can't pitch here because it's just trial and error. They're just trying to find, you know, the hot guy as of right now, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not as worried. The pitching was great. Just wish that they had more to, you know, put on the board to back up the fact the pitching was so dominant, but again, that's going to come hopefully maybe with some help from triple A or some guys changing their approach. Yeah, 100%. And, and quickly to anybody that's listening to this in audio-only form, um, when Juice brought up Brandon Hughes, uh, Jeremiah's comment here saying, can't wait to get Cody Hoyer and Brandon Hughes back. And absolutely, I think there's a lot of missing pieces still from this bullpen that are going to be inserted into that pen in the coming weeks. So you have the guy like Brandon Hughes, your everyday lefty who was sensational uh, you know, down the stretch last season, you get him back into the fold. You get a guy like Cody Hoyer at some point this season coming back into the fold. He's going to be integral down the stretch, um, especially probably June and beyond, uh, realistically, when we'll probably see him. And, yeah, you got Adbert. You know what you kind of have with Keegan. There's a lot of guys that they kind of know what they have. And once this bullpen gets healthy, you're going to see the Ruckers and the Merriweathers and some of those guys get flushed out. And to Scott's point here in the comments says lighter pitched great. Lighter did pitch pretty well. He gave up a couple of walks. You maybe want to see that walk number decrease ever so slightly, but overall, I mean, really didn't pitch all that bad given the circumstances of when he pitched. So even if he's your low end bullpen arm, kind of that, you know, the seventh guy per se, or, you know, eighth guy 
coming out of the pen, that's a really good situation to be in given how those guys have pitched. So absolutely the case. They just need to get healthy. I'm with you guys as well. Again, I think as we've all noted multiple times throughout the show, um, three games, right? There's a lot of baseball still to be played. 159 to go down the stretch here. Um, you know, the leaves are going to be turning colors yet again before we're all said and done here. So still plenty of time left. Um, but baseball is officially back, like you said, Tyler, at the top of the show. And, and we actually get to talk about meaningful games uh, quickly before we kind of start to scale the show down and start to uh, wind our way out of here. Um, reminding everybody, we'll be back to our daily shows every time there's a game. Uh, Monday through Thursday games, we are confirmed absolutely on. Um, more than not, especially Friday afternoon games, we will be with you on a Friday show. Um, Saturdays, unless it's a rare occasion, you probably won't hear from us just as it has been in past years. Uh, and then Sundays, we will likely have this kind of show where maybe it's a little longer of a show, probably recapping two games because there was no show on Saturday um, and probably more than just two of us on the microphones as well, just as you see here with myself, Juice, and Tyler today. So just a little bit of kind of a heads up of what's to come. As you guys noted, uh, looking ahead here too, we've got three games coming up here, guys. So it's fun. We get to preview baseball now too. Uh, we got three games coming up here with the Cincinnati Reds. Um, 540 starts on Monday and Tuesday, and then Wednesday, a balmy 1135 start. So everybody will be eating lunch as the Cubbies get going in Cincinnati. And then they are off on Thursday before returning home for a Friday matchup with the Texas Rangers. That's a three-game home set at Wrigley Field. But guys, looking ahead um, to Monday's game, Juice, this is something you brought up um, beforehand when you and I were just talking as we were waiting for Tyler to join us in the lobby. Um, you turn it over now to the four and five spots in the rotation in this series. We will see Strowman on Wednesday in that series finale against the Reds, but it will be Drew Smiley on the bump for the Cubs in game one against Cincinnati. He is going against right-handed pitcher Mr. Overton. Uh, and as I mentioned, that is a 540 Central Standard or Daylight Time start, pardon me. Um, gentlemen, what are we expecting here on Monday? Um from the Cubbies as they visit Cincinnati Reds at, Reds at Great American Ballpark. Lots and lots of home runs in that little league ballpark of that bullcrap town in Ohio. I'm hoping that they they take this series loss and they're like, all right, it's the first. You know what? We got that out of the way. Now we're going to start rolling. Let's roll in here to you know little bitty Cincinnati. And let's just tee off on these these little leaguers because I, I mean I couldn't name you three guys in this lineup. Uh, so yeah, I hope they just I hope they 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 just show up and they just smash. That's what I'm that's what I'm hoping to see. I like it, Juice. Uh, expect to see warmer temperatures. Just looked at the uh, the forecast out there in Cincinnati: 72, 79, 76. You know what that sounds like, California. You know what that means. Cody Bellinger hit the baseball out of the ballpark. I like it. I agree with you guys. I want to see some offense. I want to see what this lineup could do. I hope the four through nine spots show up um, as we didn't see much of them for Monday's game. Again, I'm interested to see Drew Smiley. I hope he picks up where he left off last season, obviously returning on a nice contract in the wintertime with the Cubbies. Um, and against Connor Overton, not a lot of guys in this Cubs lineup have seen him. Just five guys have seen him and really not a lot of success against him. Only Tucker Barnhart um, with an RBI against him, uh, although Hap, Gomes, and Barnhart all one for two 
in their careers against Connor Overton. So we will see what that means for the Cubs in this three-game set against the Reds. And we'll be back with you after every single game this week against the Reds here with the Cubs on tap post game shows. Um, don't forget as we are one of two official Cubs podcasts of the on tap sports network, we are going to direct you over to our friends at the dingers podcast. They will be going live tomorrow on Monday night. Um, they usually start right around eight o'clock central standard time. Um, we'll just call it standard time. I'm over the whole daylight savings thing as it is. But be sure to tune into them as well um, as we'll be recapping the game. They'll be talking extensively more in length. Also, big shout out to our boy Jake Boosh. I uh, got to see him at the ballpark on Saturday. Um, we were all freezing our asses off in the left field bleachers, but nonetheless uh, still had a great time doing it. Um, guys, as always, like I said, directing everybody at Dinger Cubs on Twitter and Instagram are our friends at the Dingers podcast. Follow us at Cubbies on Tap on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Loose on Tap, Juice on Tap, at Teddy Freddy 270 at Joey Knows Nothing, and at Nick underscore on Tap. Uh, be sure to follow all of us as well on Tap Sports Network, Bears, Bulls, Blackhawks. You know the drill. We've got it all. And yes, Cubs fans, the Southsiders do exist, and we all have friends that like them. Send them over to our friends over at Socks on Tap. They do a great job covering the boys at 35th and Shields. Once again, ontapsportsnet.com at ontapsportsnet on social media. Ontapsportsnet, go ahead and check out what's on tap in Chicago sports. Gentlemen, before we shut this thing down, um, let's get back to them. We haven't done them. Um, we'll, we'll make them series long once again because I think that makes them more fun and we can, uh, can chalk up some points. Fly the W picks. First ones of the year for this upcoming series against Cincinnati Reds. Who do you each of you have before we close down today's show? I think this one, I, I want to say Bailey. I, I want to say Bailey figures it out, but I've got to go with Ian because Ian just smashes at Cincinnati. And he's going to smash this series too. He's going to smash. And uh, uh, Wes Nesky, I think he's going to begin his uh, case for NL Rookie of the Year. Mm. Spicy. I like it. Juice? In the honor of the road to 162, I'm picking Swans B. I like it. I like it. Short, sweet, and to the point. Um, as much as I'd like to tail the two of you guys, because I think those are both great picks, I'm going to go ahead and take one Nico Horner. I think we see the power stroke come out for the first time this season out of Nico. I think he gets at least one bomb in this series, um, and it'd be great to see him start to show up on the score sheet a little more. Obviously, we said Strong's opening series, but um, I, I agree. Ian Sinati, there's a reason they call it that. Um, he's going to have a put on a show. I think Dansby's going to continue to stay hot, but want to see Nico do the exact same. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us for our official first episode actually covering Cubs baseball. As I mentioned, we will be back and we'll get more back into our daily format. Obviously, with all of us being there at opening day, uh, there was no show Thursday and then no show, obviously, Saturday. Continuing with our scheduling trend um, that we've had over the last few seasons. So uh, we hope you guys continue to join us each and every day after the Cubs play um, as we talk Cubs baseball. Guys, what do you say? Uh, it's always a pleasure, first off, being on the microphone with you two. Let's get out of here the only way we know how. That Cubs on tap. Fuck the Cardinals. And you know what? Fuck the Reds. Fuck the Reds this week. Why not? I love it. And let's go Cubbies, boys. Let's, let's go Cubbies. <laughs>